Wow, are you guys ready for a great day or what? At Shoreline City, I am so fired up. That video was absolutely beautiful. Let's give it up for that amazing couple. We love Jeff and Taylor so much. Hey, we are, we're one church, five locations, okay? So we not only do we have the White Rock campus, we got our Bishop Arts campus that's actually meeting in the gymnasium today. So they're gonna play basketball after. We're done with service. We've got our North Dallas campus. We, our Mockingbird campus is actually joining our White Rock campus for today. So love that. And then, of course, Antigua, Guatemala. But you just heard from Jeff and Taylor a beautiful story about uh, their journey. And, and they have a, an amazing connect group, so much community there. God has been doing some phenomenal things. Uh, but I'm so glad you got to see another picture of some folks that are on the other side of our generosity. Uh, as you walked in at all of our locations today, you saw this little painting ca canvas, this canvas. It's because we're artists here at Shoreline City. And what we're going to do with this, honestly, you can just take this. We know a lot of the kids are out of school right now. And we just want you as a family just to paint the most beautiful picture you can. Uh, we see God as being an artist as well. When you look at the stars, you look at the sky, you look at the Grand Canyon, you look at other parts of the world, you can't help but see that God likes to make things beautiful. I want to give you the chance uh, to do the same, but it's another reminder for us that we all have a part to play in making it on earth as it is in heaven. This is not just a one-man band. This is not just one individual that needs to step up. We're looking for everybody to join together and make it on earth as it is in heaven. So make sure you tag uh, Shoreline City whenever you uh, fill this out, and, uh, paint it in, and, and post it because we want to see your terrible artwork. <laughs> I was with my daughter yesterday, and we were doing some art, and um, it's just, you know, it's, you know, you got to say, oh, this is the, oh, my goodness, oh, wow. But it, it, I mean, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> it's okay. That's what you do as a parent. You lie. Uh, are we... We also got these blue offering envelopes for everybody who wants to participate in Heaven to, offer, uh, Heaven to Earth offering uh, as well. Again, we're raising $700,000. We are now $376,000 into this, halfway there, a little bit past halfway. Uh, so I want to remind everyone, pray about the part you're supposed to play. And don't pray and think tip. Pray and think sacrifice. Pray and think family. Pray and think reaching beyond where I can go. I want to I see us do something fantastic fantastic for the cause of Jesus Christ, and we're going to reach a whole bunch of people. Hey, don't forget, we've got our Christmas Eve services coming up. All of our campuses are coming together at our White Rock campus. It should be so much fun. We've got three of those, and then we've got Sabbath Sunday as well, which is the last Sunday of the year. Do not show up at any of our locations. You will be the only one there. Uh, go online. We've got a message for you and a song that the worship team did that I cannot wait. But open up your Bibles if you have them. We're going to go to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to use my iPad today because I've got a bunch of scriptures to turn to, so make it a little bit easier for me. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. Say it again. Good news. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Everybody say great joy. Great joy for all the people. Everybody say all people. All people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in, clo in, clo in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. We are in week number two of Join the Angels. We'll finalize this series on Christmas Eve. Uh, but I could not shake. I could not shake good news, great joy, all people, good news, great joy, all people, good news, great joy, all people. This will be a sign to you. This will be a sign to you. It just kept ringing over and over and over in my head. I, could, I couldn't shake it as I'm work, working through this passage of Scripture. It was like I kind of, I just kind of, I just kind of stopped here. Good news, great joy, all the people. There will be a sign to you, a sign to you. Then he goes through and starts talking about you're going to find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. But there will be a sign to you, a sign, a sign, a sign. I started thinking about signs for a second. We, we like we like signs. Uh, we we, we want to know, hey, should I, should I marry this person? God, give me a sign. He's breathing. All right, Lord, he's mine. <laughs> we, we, we love signs. We, we want to know, should, should I take that job, right? Or, or, or should I not take it? Uh, should I date this person or not date this person? What about the school? I've got, I've got multiple options for school. Which one should I go to? Uh, should I buy this car? Should I not buy this car? I can afford the payment, but can you pay cash? We'll, go, we'll talk about that another time. Is this right for me? God, give me a sign. God, give me a sign. Do I retire? Do I not retire? Do I, do I, do I quit my job and, and join my friend in this startup, or do I keep doing what I'm doing right now? God, give me a sign. God, give me a sign. God, give me a sign. And I, I, I think we like signs because signs point us in a certain direction, right? This is not rocket science. You know this. You're driving down the road, and you see a sign. It says exit here, and you exit there. The sign tells you which way to go. It's a no-brainer. We get this. The problem is the signs in our life aren't always that clear, <laughs> are they? You have two people look at the exact same sign and they're just not seeing the same thing. Now, this is not true when you see one of those big green signs that says, you know, exit 242, exit here. You know that's exit 242. You should exit there. That, that's clear. That's clear. That's clear. But if, if you're talking about life, it's not always that clear. As a matter of fact, sometimes signs can be a little bit confusing. And they can be clear but still be confusing. Look, look, look at, uh, in, in, in um, the look, book, book of Luke, uh, Zechariah, uh, in chapter 1, I believe what it is, yeah, chapter 1, he's the priest, he's in the temple, an angel shows up to him. An angel shows up to him and says, you're going to have a baby. Your wife's going to be pregnant. And he says, how do I know? <laughs> an angel showed up to him. And told him, your wife's going to be pregnant. He's like, prove it. 
I'm an angel, and I just showed up. Jesus sitting with his disciples. And he says, whoever dips the bread with me, that's the one that's going to betray me. Judas dips in with Jesus. Eating his food. And everyone's like, wait, what are you talking Wait, what, 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 wait, what are you talking about? I just gave you the sign of the person that was going to betray me, and you're still confused. So we think, we think, if God would just tell me, if he just would make it so clear. You know, you feel lost when you have Siri talking to you, giving you step-by-step directions. Turn left here, turn right here, a thousand feet, turn bare right. You have someone talking to you and you're turning down, you're turning down the music. You're telling people to be quiet. You're like locked in right here. And that's step-by-step directions. I'm trying to figure out what is it we are really looking for when it comes to signs because I actually think God has been a lot clearer with things than we want to give him credit for. He probably has been speaking the way we want him to speak, but you and I get so confused by signs or maybe even times we misinterpret signs. This is why you got to have some people that have been there. You want to have somebody in your car that's, that's gone to that destination. You want to have somebody to go, hey, um, hey this, this guy keeps calling me. Um, he's handsome. I was praying two weeks ago about a guy, and I was hoping I was going to be asked out, and then this guy asked me out. So I'm thinking it must be a sign. And you got to have another girlfriend in your life to go, hey, I remember praying like that. And I thought it must be the Lord because I prayed two weeks ago and then this guy showed up. But I didn't ask any questions about his character. I just thought it was a sign because he was the first one that came to me. So I just want to encourage you, my friend, and this happens in the context of Connect Group or at Orchid, and you're sitting around and you're talking, somebody to go, hey, hey, you might want to pause there because I took that sign and I misinterpreted it one time, and it actually cost me a lot of effort, energy, money, emotions that I should have never spent right there. You need someone else to help you understand what does this mean? What you, what you and I want to do is want to, you know, want to be on our own journey, doing our own thing. This is my path, and, you know, what's ever good for me, what was good for you is good for you, what's good for me is good for No, no, what's, what's the scriptures tell us? What does wisdom tell us? And God is trying to bring some people into our lives to actually direct our lives and help us to get to a certain place. You misinterpret. You're tired. And you think you're supposed to quit, but being tired is a sign that maybe you just need to rest. You can misinterpret the sign. You're frustrated, so you think, I should leave. But actually, you should forgive. That's a sign. It's a sign. 
But, but, if, but if you just look at, you look at the sign and you use your own interpretation, depending on what you're walking through at that given moment, you, you and I can end up really making a mess out of our lives when God is trying to give us direction. The reason you're tired now is, is because he wants you to go the long haul. So he's saying, hey, let me turn on your check engine light right now because I don't want you to keep working the way you're working, thinking the way you're thinking, operating the way you're operating. So let me shut you down a little bit here. It doesn't mean you're not called. It just means you need to go about this thing differently if you're going to fulfill the plan and purpose that I have for you. If you're a parent, you, can, you, you, if you don't pay attention and get some people around you to help you interpret signs, you'll, you'll think you're a bad parent. You'll think you're failing because you'll look at your two-year-old and you'll be like, oh my gosh. There's a demon in that child. I did. Oh, uh, what is going on here? Little do you know, every parent goes through this. When your children embarrass you, you know you're a better parent than they are showing right now. But your child has the audacity in the middle of Toys R Us. Well, pour it out for Toys R Us. They're not here anymore. <laughs> Amazon took them out. Uh, they're in the middle of Target or Walmart, and they're oh, I want it. I want the toy. I want the toy. I want the toy. And I've just walked away at times. That's what I, I just. <laughs> Leave somebody else for, grab, grab, grab my child. You, you, you think there's something wrong with me. Nothing wrong with you. It's a season. It's part of the process. But you can misinterpret that. If you're a newlywed and you're kind of going at each other, you could think, well, I guess you're not right for me. You, you, mu you must not be right for me. I thought we were soulmates. Well, what do, you, what do you think soulmates do? They fight at times. They get on each other's nerves at times. If you want to have a great marriage, you got to work for it. You don't get around that. This whole idea that, oh, it's going to be perfect and wonderful and easy the whole time. My friends, that's a rom-com, okay? That's what that is. All right, let me keep on going here. Sign, sign, sign. You can even miss a sign. Miss it. Not only misinterpret it, but you can just miss it. I mean... We got our heads down so much. If you're texting, if you and I are, are scrolling on our phone and skipping out on life, no wonder we're missing the signs. You and I could be missing some signs, even with our teenagers. Can miss some signs. We're running around trying to create a life for them. Instead of being tuned into them, you can miss, can miss some signs. Can miss some signs with our spouse. We're trying, we're trying to just make sure they have a great Christmas, not understanding that, that there's, there's a part of their heart that's hurting right now that we need to lean into. You can miss a sign. So here the, the writer Luke is just he's talking about signs. And I just, I just, those are some principles, just some principles about, about signs. But I, when I'm reading this text, I think I see, I see some signs. 
and I don't want us to miss these signs. I, I think these signs are present to help us understand who God is and what Jesus coming to the earth actually meant. See, I, I see the baby as a sign of good news. He says, there's going to be a sign to you. You're going to find a baby, baby. And I think when you, whenever someone's like, hey, I'm about to have a baby, it's good news. It's like we're, we're, we're excited about that. We're, we're, we're thrilled about that. I mean, think, think um, Simba. Hold him up. Whole pride land comes together. Everybody applauding. Hey, can I just say this as a, as a quick aside, um, but an important one. Uh, this past year, I know uh, of a number of couples in our church, at, at actually all of our campuses, our different campuses, that have walked through either wanting to be pregnant and haven't been able to get pregnant, or maybe have even experienced some miscarriages, or maybe have been in the adoption process and things have not gone the way they want it to go. And you thought 2019 was your year to be able to hold a child and you're not going to be holding a child this year. I just want you to know God has not forgotten about you. I want you to have a ton of hope that he's going to carry you and sustain you and hold you and love you all the way through. I talked about Zachariah a little bit earlier. Here's the reality about Zachariah. He was old. His wife was old. And the angel showed up and said, hey, I've heard your prayers. I've heard your prayers. I've heard your prayers. It's like, hey, I've been praying for a long time. I'm just telling you, God is hearing your prayer even when you're praying for a really, really long time. And he says, your wife will be pregnant. So I just want you to hold on to that hope that God has not forgotten about you. He's going to carry you and sustain you all the way to the end. Yeah, you can clap your hands for that for sure. But this baby, this baby's going to be a sign to you. Babies coming, and not only into our church, but really into this, in this moment, there's this Savior who's about to be born. What does a baby represent? It's like innocence, new life, a fresh start. So you're going to see a baby when you show up, shepherds, but when you, when you see that baby, I need you to also understand that one day I'm going to ask you to actually become a baby because you must be born again. So you're going to need to, at some point in time, start all over with me. I'm going to need you to give your whole life and your whole soul over to me so you come back into this world holy and pure and like you're just getting started. The, the, the word good news, um, it, it carries with it this idea, in the New Testament, it carries with this idea of an announcement that is being made that a victory has just happened. It's like some people were, were, were fighting over here and they won the battle and they come back to their hometown and they say, hey, I've got good news. We were fighting over here with our enemies and we defeated our enemies. So now a new kingdom is coming into reign. Somebody else is going to be ruling here. And when Jesus Christ showed up on the scene, it was an announcement of some good news that the enemy is about to be defeated. There's a new kingdom that is now on the horizon. 
complacent and everything's going to be made right. And you might think this king is going to be coming with a sword or with a spear. But no, my friends, this king is coming with a cross and he is coming to lay down his life for everyone. But he's come when he comes, when he comes, when he comes, I'm telling you, here's a picture, here's a picture of what it's going to look like for all of us. You got to come in. Yeah, come in fresh and come in, come in new. Well, if you ask a baby about their past, they don't have anything to tell you. They're like, man, I was just hanging out. There's a bunch of blood. Then I was being held. And I thought, that's the gospel. I was hanging out. There was a bunch of blood that would happen on that cross. And now I'm just being held. I've got a father that's been holding me my entire life. He's, he's like, I'm going to walk with you and take care of you and sustain you every single day. Good news. This good news gives a fresh start. This good news starts you and I over. This good news makes you and I innocent. This good news takes away guilt. This good news makes you and I dependent. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Hook me up with a tissue, please, because it's so cold in here. My nose is running. Golly, my hands are cold. Thank you, Jansen. Woo! That's a lot. I'm going to hold on to this, man. Okay. Dag on. Okay. I don't want Oak Cliff talking about me. I see the clothes as a sign of great joy. I see the clothes as a sign of great joy. The story of the prodigal son, it's only found in the Gospel of Luke, actually. Luke chapter 15, verse number 20 through 22. You, you've maybe heard this story. It's about the son. He asks for his inheritance. He goes out, and he's wasted all. Then he's hanging out with the pigs, and he's like, man, my, my father's servants are doing better than me. I got, I got to go back home. So, so he got up, verse 20. So he got up, and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son, but the father. I love that, but the father, but the father, but the father. I'm looking at myself saying, I'm no worthy to be called your son, but the father. I'm looking at you saying, I don't even deserve to be here, but the father. I'm, I don't even think I deserve any of your grace, but the father. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best Row, bring the be bring some clothes, bring some clothes and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. My son who was lost, he's found again. As soon as he put the robe on him, put some clothes on him. It's this moment that a party begins to ensue. The prodigal son felt dirty. And maybe we do too. And we feel like I can't come home. I, I, I can't come home. I messed up too much. 
I've looked at too much pornography. I've lied too many times. I've cheated too much. I have not followed through on what I said I was going to do. I've cut too many corners. I'm, I'm living in a lie right now. My marriage is a lie. My friendships are a lie. I'm, I'm fronting. I'm putting on a mask when I go to church, but I'm, I promise you I'm somebody else. Dirty. I, I'm grateful that we have a church that, that's filled with folks that understand what it's like to be dirty. If, if, if you're at any of our locations and you're thinking you're the only one, my friend, you're missing it. <laughs> Yours truly included. I understand what it feels like to go, no, God, you don't want this. You don't want me. Just go. Just make me a servant. Don't make me a son. I understand what that's like. But the father. But the father. But the father. But the father. But the father's like, wow, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Be, silence. Silence. You're, you're looking at you instead of looking at me. Silence, silence, silence. You got your eyes on the wrong thing. Silence, silence, silence. As long as you keep your eyes on your mistake, sure, you'll want to run away. But the second you understand who I am, the second you get the good news, the second you understand that I'm ready to wrap you, the second you understand that I'm ready to cleanse you, the second that you understand I've got a robe for you right now, the second you understand that, you will throw yourself at my feet and you'll fall into my arms and you'll let me kiss you, you'll let me hold you, and you'll let let me make you into the man or woman I destined for you to be. Zechariah chapter 3, verse number 4. Then the angel said to the other standing there, remove his filthy clothing. Turning to Joshua, he said, see, I have taken away your sins. And now I'm giving you these fine new clothes. I remember coming to Dallas. And sitting at Sushi Axiom in, in East Dallas and sitting there with my wife and, and a couple of friends and feeling like God, God put a jacket on me. I, I, I remember sitting there feeling like he literally put a jacket on me and said, you're, you're, you're home. This is where you're supposed to move. This is where you're supposed to start the church. I, I remember, I remember that. Great joy, great joy, great joy. I, Isaiah 61.10, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. Hey, in closing here, if, we, if the baby could represent or be a sign of good news, and if if the, the clothes could be a sign of great joy, then, then I'm thinking maybe the manger, I see it as a sign of all the people. You ever gone to a, far, a party and been underdressed? You show up, you're like, hey, what's up? Oh, no. Oh, no. They didn't tell me. They, they didn't tell me, you know, you're wearing tennis shoes. 
or Crocs. <laughs> and everyone else, like, they, they got the memo. They know, like, oh, oh. Like, if you're going to go to uh, Zaza, I heard you go to Zaza, you go to the pool at Zaza. I've never been. I've never been. But it's like you wear high heels in your bathing suit. That's Dallas right there for you. That's Dallas. Now, me, I'm, I'm coming in with my floaties, okay? I'm coming in with, like, a pool noodle, and I'm ready. And I see everybody out there. They're ready to, they're kind of trying to show, every, show themselves off, but I, I'm just here to have fun. You show up at a, at a party, at, at, a, at a gathering, you're like, oh, I didn't know it was an ugly sweater thing. Here I am, dressed perfectly. But when you think about a manger, no one ever feels underdressed with a manger. It's all people. Anybody can go to a manger. You're not intimidated by a manger. I know the nativity scene is actually wrong because the, the wise men actually didn't show up at the, at, at the manger. But the spirit of it is right. When you got wise men and shepherds together, it's like you got rich and poor people together. You got PhDs and GEDs together. There, there's something about the, the, the spirit of the nativity scene that's right. That's everybody is welcome at the manger. You, don't, you can't be overdressed for the manger. You just show up exactly how you are. There, this, is, this might be new for some of us. It was new for me. I just, I just heard someone talk about this the other day. Andy Stanley, I heard him say this in 1807 there was a slave Bible that was published. A slave Bible. So I, I, did, some, I did some due diligence myself. And there's only three of these actually still in print today. We want to know what a slave Bible is? Slave owners, when slavery was legal, printed a Bible, but redacted tons of the scriptures, removed tons of the scriptures, because they wanted to keep the slaves enslaved. So they took out all of the children of Israel being in bondage in Egypt and getting free. Took it all out. They kept in their Joseph being sold into slavery. And they would teach slaves, hey, if you just are okay with your lot in life, one day it'll work out for you. Huge portions of Scripture removed anything that might get them thinking God wants you free it was not good news for all people it was good news for slave owners but not for slaves as a matter of fact some slave owners were a little bit concerned that missionaries might come in with the true Bible because they came in with the true Bible, started preaching that, that true gospel. The, the true gospel is not just good news for slave owners. It's good news for slaves as well that you can be free. So they would even remove. They removed even this verse of Scripture in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, where that says there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ took the whole verse right out. It was, they were preaching a gospel, these slave owners, that was not for all people. So I'm looking at the manger and I'm like, hmm, I love the manger. I love the manger because it's for all people. Like, 
Like no one is intimidated by a manger. Like a little kid can go to a manger and an adult will, will go to a manger and a rich person can go to a manger and a poor person can go to a manger. Like anybody can go to a manger and Jesus decided not to be born in a palace where some people might feel that's a little too much for me. I can't go there. I don't belong there. Instead he said, let me go ahead and just make the field level for everybody so no matter who you are, you know you can come to this place. It's for all people. It's for all people. It's for all people. It's for all people. So I was like, is the manger just for, for tall people? No. It's for all people. But some, some think that the manger is just for Democrats. It's not. It's for all people. <laughs> some people think that the manger is just for Republicans. But it's not. Don't get quiet on me, church. It's for all people. Some people think, some people think the manger is just for straight people. It's not. It's not. It's for all people. Some people think the manger is just for gay people, but it's not. It's for, it's for all people. Some people think the manger is just for those who speak English. It's not true. It's for all people. Some people think it's just for Americans. It's not the manger. I'm sorry. It's for all people. Some people think that the manger is just for Christians. If the manger is just for Christians, then how are you going to become a Christian without getting to the manger? I'm sorry. Everybody's welcome there. So you can be Buddhist, you can be Muslim, you can be New Age, you can be whatever you want to be. But when you get to the manger, you're going to find a Savior that says, I need you to exchange your labels for the cross that I'm about to get on because the manger's for all people. Good news, great joy for all people. Good news, great joy for all people. Good news. Great joy for all people, biological kids and adopted kids, for all people, black people, white people, all people, rich people, poor people, all people. Good news, great joy for all people. So that includes me, that includes you. Tell the world that. Tell the world that. Bow your heads if you're in mind at all of our locations. God, would you fill us up with your presence and your love? And would you get our eyes off of ourselves and get our eyes on you? As every, every head is bowed at all of our locations, North Dallas, Oak Cliff, White Rock, even those online, as, as your heads are bowed just for a moment, maybe you're feeling like you're somehow excluded from this good news because of what you've done or what you have said. My friends, the door is wide open to all of us. Now, you don't get to believe whatever you want to believe. The door is Jesus. This Savior is here and present for you today. So if you've yet to surrender your heart and your life to him, 
If you've yet to say, Jesus, I want you to be boss of my life. Jesus, I don't want you to be like on the, on the shelf of my life. I want you to be the center of my life. If that's you here, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. Or, or maybe at one point in time you did, you slipped away, you've gone another direction. And this is the perfect weekend for you to respond to God's grace and say, hey, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to give you my everything on the count of three. I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. Yes, at White Rock. Come on, in a gymnasium at Oak Cliff, North Dallas. In a dance studio, you're just saying, yeah, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. Every person, I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's lift our heads up, clap our hands with enthusiasm. Come on, at all of our locations.